We have such a beautiful um, privilege for me this morning. Uh, I have in, in, invited a guest speaker to come and minister to us. And I have known Pastor Ken since uh, I was a young man. He still looks the same, but I somehow or another just look a lot older. I don't know. Um, but we have known each other for a very, very long time. And um, the Lord saved their souls and put them in ministry. And they've been preaching the gospel. And I am just so delighted. He is on staff at uh, New Life Christian Center. And, um, and so for a long time, I, you know, I didn't reach out to him to have him come and speak for us or anything because I wasn't sure that he preached out much. And, uh, and we have so many wonderful speakers here in our own congregation that I try to utilize them. And, um, and this past week, I was like, you know, I, I haven't never had Brother Ken come and speak for us. I feel terrible. I've robbed you all of a blessing. And, uh, and so anyway, it is my absolute honor this morning um, to be able to have Ken Lackner come and just minister what God has laid upon his heart. I told him, I said, you just simply preach to us like you are at home because you are. Amen. Amen. And uh, so I'm going to ask Brother Ken Lackner to just come take his liberty in the Lord and minister God's word to us. And I just pray this morning that we will open our hearts and receive. How many know the Bible says that the word of God will not return void? And so if we just open our hearts, the seeds that God has planted in his heart will be planted in ours as well. And we'll be enriched by it and grow. Brother, take your liberty. All right. Love you. God bless you. It's good to have you here. Well, I hope I keep... Uh, <clears throat> live up to those expectations in that kind of an introduction. Um, he sort of built me up to a peak. Now I get to slap you down for peaking, right? <laughs> um, are you having fun going to heaven? Yeah. Are you? You know, we're supposed to, right? You know, but in God, we'll always, always, if you're looking, give you the opportunity to minister, buddy, yeah. to speak his word, just to give truth to justice uh, or grace or mercy or whatever's needed at the time. I was at uh, McDonald's drive through here a while back. I want to tell you this quick little story. And uh, sitting there and I was ordering for me and my family and the kids and all that kind of stuff. And this lady in the car behind me was, I guess, a little impatient. I was taking too long. She's honked a couple times. <clears throat> and then uh, she did, you know, that really good California howdy. If you guys know what I'm talking about. So I was like, oh, Lord, man, this is, this is not good. You know, I was like, you know, obviously she's in a hurry and she's being impatient. So when I got up to the first window, I decided, you know, I'm going to do something. And uh, so I paid for her meal. And she got up to the first window and I'm pulled up to the second window, you know, getting my food and stuff. And she looks out and she's looking. I mean, I could see in her face. She was confused. <laughs> You know, it's like, man, I just, you know, gave this guy the, you know, the bird and all this kind of stuff. And well, I'm sitting at the second window and, you know, I show him my receipt. Well, I showed him her receipt, too. So I got my food and I got her food. So now she's got to wait even longer. Right. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I didn't do that. I just <laughs> I'd like to start out with something a little light, a lot of fun. That kind of stuff, just to sort of lighten 
the the atmosphere and mood and and uh well maybe take the little edge off of me <laughs> uh I, i'm telling you uh, just a little bit about myself pastor gary started touching on it we were resaved rededicated because of you two um brought back to the lord try not to cry <laughs> Huh? You're going to too, right? Um, well, I'll try to cut a long story short because I do have a sermon that I have prepared. Um, it was 90, I think 95, and God just worked it out to where we were able to mentor under such an amazing pastor and uh, Pastor White. Pastor Dad White, and um, I, I, I broke teeth on uh, his pulpit, uh, if you guys remember, out at the church out on the highway, and I think that first time that I preached, I, I you know, it was a beautiful big oak pulpit out there, and I think I left permanent <laughs> hand grips in that pulpit the first time I spoke, because I was like, I'm not moving anywhere, and if I let go, I'm going to fall and collapse, you know, so anyhow, that's a little bit of my history, and, and to be invited here to, to speak in, in such an anointed pastor's pulpit is really an honor and a blessing. So I am so glad to be here. And as we came in, I see so many familiar faces. Uh, uh, Mary and Max, uh, man, great to see you guys. And and they they're our sons, piano teachers, and, and uh, so many more that are here. You know, as family and and friends. But there's some that I, I don't know also. But hope to get to know you. Amen. But we are, as as Pastor Gary said, as it was coming in, it's like, man, your family take liberty. I'm like. Well, I don't know what you're, you, you, you don't know what you're getting into. <laughs> but today I want to talk to you about faith in action. And putting this together, I'm like, I know Pastor Gary. I know he's spoken on faith many times, I'm sure, and probably, probably much better than I could do. But this is what the Lord laid on my heart. But faith, what is it and how do I get it? Hebrews 11, 6 says, and it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to, the, uh, come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. Now, I want to have you guys do something. Uh, I, you know, during song service, we all stood up and we sang, right? So I want all of you to stand up real quick. Hold on to your Bibles and all that. This won't take but a second. Just stand up for real quick, just for a second. All right, now, go ahead and sit back down. Okay, get to stretch your legs for just a second and all that kind of stuff. Now, when you sat down, did you have to think about it? Did you have to think about, okay, uh, and talk to the chair and go, hey, uh, I'm going to sit down now. And I want you to hold me up as I sit down. Did you have to think about that or you just normally just, hey, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to sit down and it's all good, right? See, that's what simple faith is, is we don't have to think about it. It's just absolutely that simple. It's like trusting in God without even actually having to think about it, knowing that he's going to be there for us always. Amen? Now, did you know that the word faith appears 
244 times in 214 different verses just in the New Testament. And did you know that Hebrews chapter 11 is known as the faith chapter of the Bible, right? Now the answer to that first question we ask is what is faith is found in the first verse of that chapter 11 of Hebrews. And it says faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about the things that we cannot see. Now the word confidence is simply a knowing or a believing. Amen? But that, the, 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 the phrase there, what we hope for, comes from the, the uh, Greek word elpizo. And that means to trust. What we hope for. I'm trusting that something is going to happen amen i'm trusting that this morning as i'm speaking god's word that you will receive it amen so let's pray father we just thank you and we praise you god i thank you for the opportunity god every single time that I get up to be able to speak, God, is because you've called me, God, you blessed, and, and, and it's an honor to be able to do that. Lord, and as I, I bring your word this morning, Lord, I just pray that you would open our hearts and our minds to hear what you have for us, Lord. God, it's, don't let it be my words. Don't let it be Ken here speaking, but God, you speaking, because God, it's your truth. It's your word, and we ask this in Jesus' name, and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. So verse three of that chapter says, uh, by faith, we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's uh, command, that what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. Now, let me give you a few examples from faith, and it's coming from that same chapter. Okay, verse 7 says, It was by faith that Noah built a large boat to save his family from the flood. He obeyed God and, no, and uh, who warned him about things that had never happened before. By his faith, Noah com, uh, condemned the rest of the world, and he received the righteousness that comes by faith. In verse 11, says, it says that uh, it was by faith that even Sarah was able to conceive or have a child, though she was barren and was too old. She believed or she had faith that God would keep his promise. You realize she was 90 years old? I can't see my grandma having a baby at that age, right? <laughs> uh, I'm 53, and I can't see us having a baby at that, this age, you know? Man. Verse 23 says, It was by faith that Moses' parents hid him for three months when he was born. They saw that God had given him an unusual child, and they were not afraid to disobey the king's command. In verse 30, it says, It was by faith that the people of Israel marched around Jericho for seven days, and the walls came crashing down. Now, that's a scientific fact for you, right? They've actually proved it. They found where the walls of Jericho come down. So scientists have come at it and tried to explain it a little bit and go, well, it must have been that they was born or built on really weak ground and they didn't have a real good foundation under that. So it was the combination of the marching and the vibrations and, and, and the, the sound of the instruments and the vibrations that brought it down. Well, I tell you what, huge walls like that to come down through the vibrations praise God right I'm like 
you, you, do, you say it however you want to say it. I'm like, God did it. Amen. That's awesome. And then in verse 31, it was by faith that Rahab, who happened to live in that city, in the wall, it was by faith that Rahab, the prostitute, was not destroyed with the people in her city who refused to obey God, for she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. You know the story. She hit them, right? Helped them escape. And she was like, yeah, we heard. Uh, we know, right? She says, we are confident. We have faith that your God is real. We've heard what you guys have done. We heard how you crossed the Red Sea. We heard how, how the, Israel, or the Egyptian army chased after you. We heard how they were destroyed uh, and, and we're afraid. So, you know, she knew and she, she trusted God. She had faith. She knew that God was real. The end of that chapter really sums it up. I can't sum it up any better. Verses 32 through 35 says, How much more do I need to say? It would take too long to recount the stories of the faith of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah and David and Samuel and all the prophets. By faith, these people overthrew kingdoms, ruled with justice, and received what God had promised them. They shut the mouths of lions, they quenched the flames of fire, and escaped death by the edge of the sword. Their weakness was turned to strength, and they became strong in battle and put whole armies to flight. Amen. Amen. I mean, so many stories of faith in the Bible, and, and we see how that happens and, and all that kind of stuff. I love what Romans says, too, about faith in, in Abraham. It says, Abraham believed God, and God accounted it to him as righteousness because of his faith. This is before Jesus came. This is before, you know, the, the, the law was given. It was, but, but Abraham was counted as righteous because he believed God. He had faith in what God had said, and he, he would stand on his promises. And just a little side note, you have to have faith to be saved. Amen? Because we are saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. Amen? Amen. Amen. Just a little side note there. So how do I get faith? How do I grow my faith? How do I do that? Well, first Peter or second Peter, uh, Peter explains it pretty easily here. In the first verse of the first chapter, he says, "This letter is from Simon Peter, a slave and an apostle of Jesus Christ. I'm writing to you who share the same precious faith we have. This faith, listen to this part. Is it up here? Awesome. If you can read along there, this faith was given to you because of the justice and fairness of Jesus Christ, our God and Savior. This faith was given to you. Just like our salvation, it is not earned. It is not conjured up. We don't work for it. It is given to us. So it, it's just one of those great things. God has already given it to us. And Romans chapter 10, 17 says that, that faith comes from hearing, that is, hearing the good news about Christ Jesus. Amen? Now, Peter, you know, I read from Peter there, he often got a bad rap, didn't he? You know, he was that, that rock-headed disciple, stubborn, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, he, was, he had a, temp, uh, a tendency to be hot-headed. He cut the ear off of Malchus. 
Um, he even tried correcting Jesus. He, was, he even tried to refuse to allow Jesus to wash his feet. And he was even counted as a coward because he denied Christ three times. And yes, Peter uh, was also, though, one of the most faith-filled of the disciples. Yes, he did deny Christ three times, but what did he do? He repented. Amen. Turned back. And, in, and, and on the day of uh, Pentecost, he delivered one of the most amazing sermons ever recorded. He healed the lame man at the temple. He healed Aeneas. He raised Dorcas from the dead. And he actually did walk on water. Many people will, will give him a bad rap on that. It's like, well, you know, the people will say, well, you know, he sank. Like, yeah, he took his eyes off of Jesus, but he did step out on the water, right? And I'm like, I don't read anywhere else of any of the other disciples that were in the boat with him going, hey, I'm next. I'm going to do it too. But it was G or Peter that said, okay, Lord, if it's you, call for me. And I think, you know, this, and this is the way I look at things and look at Peter and think about it. It's like Peter often spoke or did or said without really taking the time to process and think things through. So here they are, you know, Jesus walking across the water, middle of a storm. They're in the middle of the, 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 the lake there. And so Peter just spouts off real quick because they're, I mean, they're afraid. They think it's a ghost coming at them. So Peter just real quick, hey, hey, hey if it's you, call me out there. <laughs> and he goes, oh, what did I just say? <laughs> oh, man. And Jesus says, yeah, come on. <laughs> right? Peter, Jesus is like, yeah, you want, go ahead, Peter. <laughs> come on, step out. But Peter did. And he stepped out in faith. Amen. Romans 12, 3 says, uh, Paul writes, he says, Because of the privilege and the authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith that God has given us. Amen? Now, what Paul is saying here is, is to not get Post, uh, boastful or proud or, or puffed up because you have faith because you stepped out in faith and hey look at what I did look what I accomplished or look what God did through me and and that kind of stuff and and we all <laughs> we all have a tendency to battle with that kind of pride don't we I don't know about you but I know I do I still do over and over again but uh with that, um, I, I do want to share a few stories with you. See, I know my story and I'm, our, our story and our life. And I'm sure that all of you could stand up and testify of different things that God has done in your life. But I, I just want to share a couple of stories with you that we've been through. Not because I want you to look at me and, and go, hey, Pastor Ken, that's awesome. That's really good, man. You have a lot of faith and you stepped out. But rather, I hope they would encourage you. That it would, would, would spur you on to go, man, I want to step out in faith also. Amen? The first one is, 
<laughs> we were young Christians. And this was probably, let's see, we were there in 95, so it was probably around 96, 97 is where I'm guessing. Um, got to the Army, was working with my dad, minimum wage, making $272 a week. A family of four, I mean, we were raking it in, I'm telling you. <laughs> we had it going. Living in a single wide trailer house, two bedroom. We gave the girls the bigger bedroom. We had a literally a bed in a room, and that bed was a double bed, and it was wall to wall bed. <laughs> so anyhow, just to give you example or you know picture of where we're at and everything else. But at this time, I learned that tithing and giving back to God was not just some man-made kind of rule. That, you know, hey, it's a good thing we should give back and give to the church and, and that kind of stuff, right? Because you gotta, got to understand, Sue, we were still barely saved at this time. <laughs> uh, you know, and also learned that if you don't, that you're under a curse. And I'm like, oh, man, I definitely don't want to be under a curse. I want God's blessing on us, right? So I'm like, the more blessings I get, the better off we are. But so we're, we're new Christians. And, and by the way, uh, this came from a sermon that uh, your, your dear Pastor Gary shared years and years ago for us. So uh, another one of those things that I was uh, able or we were able to learn and grow from their ministry. But anyhow, uh, I would get paid on Monday. So Saturday, I would sit down and always knew what my paycheck was because 40 hours a week and, and whatever, it was the same every week. So I'd sit down Saturday and I would write out all our bills. And after writing out all our bills, paying the electric or whatever it was that week, I come down and balance the account. And we had $27 left in our account. And it was exactly what I owed or we, what we owed for tithe. But we didn't have much food in the house. I mean, times were really slim. And we were like, okay, we can pay our tithe and trust God to stretch our food or whatever. Or, you know, it'll be hot dogs and ramen noodles for the week. So Sunday morning we went to church and didn't pay our tithe. We thought, man, you know, I got to feed my family. Now, you understand, don't, don't look at me bad. You know, don't look at me like, well, Pastor Ken, you really should be, you know, trusting God. We were new Christians, barely saved, okay? And so we're, 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 we're talking, and, and it's like, oh, we got to have food for the kids. You know, we got two kids that definitely need to eat. Yeah, they weren't teenagers yet, so they weren't that bad. So $27 would stretch a bit farther, especially the more than it does today. Uh, it'll buy more than a gallon of milk. Um, <laughs> but anyhow, so we went to church Sunday morning. We didn't pay our tithe. We go home, we eat some leftovers, and we're sitting across the table from each other and looking at each other, and both of us are just absolutely heart-sunk and miserable and just convicted of the Lord. Going, oh, man, it's like, we didn't pay our tithe. This is wrong. And you notice how I, I, I did that. I paid my bills and realized that I had just enough for tithe. You know, that should be the other way around. Pay the tithe first and then write out the bills. Well, like I said, I was a new Christian. We were still young. So we sat down. We talked. 
And at the time, see, Dad had where we had the wrecking yard, and at the, that point in time, we were actually selling cars out of the wrecking yard. My dad told my wife, he says, if you sell a car, I will pay you 10% commission on any of the cars that you sell. So we're talking back and forth. You know, we have to reason things out, right? You ever, you ever reason things out and talk, this, talk things out with the Lord? Come on, be honest, right? Come on, it's like, okay, Lord. And this, this is our conversation. I'm out loud, we're talking to other. Okay, God, we can trust God to sell the cheapest car on the lot out there. And it's $500. So that would be a $50 commission check back to us, right? Or to her. And I'm like, man, that's almost double what we have anyhow. So let's pay our tithe and we're going to step out in faith. We're going to trust him and we're going to do this, right? So Sunday evening comes around. It's back when we had Sunday evening services still. And, and so we're out there and we're like, you know, the song service starts, worship and all that kind of stuff. It's like, all right, skip that. Skip the prayer. Let's go. Bring the offering plates now, <laughs> right? It's like. Come on, we got to pay our tithe. It was just that kind of an urgency that God put into our heart. So we pay our tithe, and we're just like, oh, okay, God, that's so awesome. You're, we're going to trust you. We're stepping out. And, and man, you, you think $27, not a, a bunch of money. But for us, that was everything that we had. Everything that we had. I mean, there, there might have been a couple cents left in the account after we wrote that check out. But that was it. So we're just like, all right. And we got home, and we're just we're, we're feeling really great and just blessed. And, and God just blessed our hearts, you know, just really uplifted us, encouraged us. So Monday morning comes around. I'm at work. I'm at the shop. And this lady comes in, and I could hear her coming down the road. Her car was that rough. And she had been coming to the shop for years. We'd been just putting in, doing and doing what we could to limp this car along, to try to keep it going for her. We knew she was on a, a limited income. And so she pulls in, and I'm like, okay, what's wrong now? What do we need to do? And she goes, no, I am not putting another dime into this car. She says, I'm done with it. You can have it. I don't care what you do with it. She goes, but I hear that you're, you're selling cars out at the other lot. And we're like, yeah, actually we are. And I'm thinking, God's answering prayer already, right? She's going to, and like I said, my mindset, I'm thinking, you know, she's on a fixed income. I send her out there. She goes out and talks to my wife. And the whole time I call her, babe, 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 babe. She's, there's, there's a lady coming. She's, she wants to buy a car. And we're just both excited, just praising God. Thank you, God. Here's that $500 car, right? So she goes out there. She, she talks to my wife, and she comes back. And she goes, yeah, I found the car that I want. But it wasn't that $500 car. She picked out the most expensive car on the lot. It was $3,500. My wife received in one day what I received, more than what I received in the whole week, $350. My dad wrote out the check. We are able to put it in the bank, and we're just like, wow, God, right? I'm like, you really do answer. You really do hear us, right? And I'm like, wow, this is so cool. I mean, we were just, I mean, just blown away, excited, and, and seeing what God will do for us. Like, wow. 
Tuesday morning comes around. And she sells the five hundred dollar car. <laughs> God's like, just to kind of put it out there, say, "Don't limit me, don't put me in a box, don't hold me back. I want to bless you, Amen." And I was just, like I said, we were just way, way blown away. Just one example of how God just provides for us. So let's fast forward a few years. I want to tell you another story. God called me into ministry when I was a kid. About 10 years old, I had visions of myself standing up like this, preaching to a group of people like you. And truthfully, it scared me to death because I was that kid that was, you know, shy and quiet. And it's like, no, God, get somebody else. I was like the day in you know, the oral reports, I was sick. I didn't show up to school. I'm literally I would not go to school because I didn't want to get up and talk in front of people. So God's calling me to, into ministry, and I ran for a lot of years, really did, and, and did some things that uh, I wasn't proud of. So anyhow, now I've talking with Pastor Gary and Pastor White and different ones, and finally after God just, I mean, pulling and prodding and poking and dragging and, you know, dragging us in it's like finally it's okay god okay 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 i know i know i'm called so i talked to pastor gary and like i said or pastor white and and like i said the first time i spoke was i mean i bet we go out there there's probably still fingerprints in that pulpit but so i was able to start speaking and and i just felt god calling me to college i'm like well nobody in my family's ever been to college my dad hasn't, none of my brothers have, none of my sisters. It's just not something we do. We're just hard labor workers and that kind of stuff. But I felt God said, no, I want you to go to college. Well, this time I'd quit working for my dad. I was working out at, Gar uh, out at Gowan Field. I was in the National Guard and, and also working as a technician out at Gowan Field, a government job. You know, one of those jobs you got to kill somebody or die to lose, <laughs> right? Good benefits, good pay, you know, things. God had really blessed us. You know, we're paying our tithes, you know. So God is really blessing us, and not just because we're paying our tithes, because he loves us and he wants the best for us, right? So here I am, been out there for three years, and God's saying, I want you to go to college. And I'm like, all right, well, we'll, 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 we'll find a college around here. There's Northern Nazarene, you know, and different ones and stuff like that. And every time we checked into him, every time we looked, it was just like, that's not it. That's not it. That's not it. Well, in May of 2000, my birthday, we went to uh, dinner and or lunch and a movie with some friends from the church. And his brother had just came back and he graduated from a college out of Phoenix. And he started telling us about it. Phoenix First Pastors College, Assemblies of God College down there uh, Tommy, at Tommy Barnett's church. And he starts telling us about it and how it requires internship and all this kind of stuff and hands-on and, and it's a pastor's college and it, you know, it's just all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, just something spoke up inside of us is like, that's what we're supposed to do. That's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to move to Phoenix, go to college down there. So trying to shorten this up and I don't know how much time I have, Pastor. We're all right, okay. Because I can be a little long-winded. <laughs> okay. So I, we, we start talking to each other. It's like, okay, we need to apply. So we start applying for the school. In June, we get accepted. 
It's like, man, I, I'm actually accepted. And, and again, this, I, I kid you not, I'm typing on this old computer that we had, and I'm typing in the application for college or collage, because I couldn't even spell college. <laughs> I kid you not. I mean, bad spellers of America United. I mean, I was the, the president of the club, you know, and I'm thinking, here I am going to college. You're kidding me. Or collage. So I was like, okay. So we, we, I get accepted. And I'm like, all right. So July 4th weekend, any, any of you been down to Arizona, Phoenix area in July? Not the right time to go. It's really not. But we go down. We wanted to visit the area and check it out. So we do, and we actually talk to a lady about a job, and she's like, well, I don't know. She says, well, we're planning on moving down the end of July, and you know, college starts the first week of August, so we want to be here and settle a little bit and, and before things start. So, and she says, well, I don't know if I have a position open for you, but when you get here, come talk to me. Cool. Had a lead, but no job. So I go back, or we go back. I go back to work, and I turn in my resignation. And my boss, <laughs> my boss goes, you're doing what? <laughs> you're going to quit to do what? You're going to go into ministry? He said, listen, listen, let me, let's do it this way. He said, I'll put you on a leave of absence. That way, if something goes wrong, you can come back to work. Right? And I'm like, thank you, but no. I know that God has called me into ministry, and I know this is what I have to do. I don't want a string that's there to pull me back. So we, we cut it off, said, no, no, I, 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 I'm resigning. I'm quitting this job. God blessed us. He took every bit of leave I had, every bit of sick leave I had. He says, well, we're going to put you on sick leave for a week and a half, and then you'll start your next week. So we got paid into August as we were down in Phoenix and in, into September some also because of the leave and everything I had saved up. And it was just a huge blessing. But we get down there. So we, here we are, moving truck in a minivan, loaded to the gills, sold everything we possibly could, in a yard sale, loaded up and heading to Phoenix. We didn't have a place to live, and we didn't have a job. We just knew that God called us. I was like, all right, that's enough. We're going to trust God. So we get down there, and we check into Motel 6. <laughs> Very classy motel, right? <laughs> they did leave the light on. <laughs> And we're there that night, and, and we decide, just a real quick side story. We're there, and, and this is so the end of, end of July, beginning of August. Right at the end of July, last week of July, we got down here. And, we're, I mean, we open the door, and it's like, you ever open the oven when you're baking and stand right over the top of it, and that just he just hits you? And it's like, whoa. Well, I pulled away, but the heat didn't. And I went and closed the door and cranked up the AC a little bit higher in the moving truck. And I'm like, babe, we made a mistake. Man, it is too hot. The devil don't even come down here. <laughs> no wonder they have a Christian college here, right? <laughs> they ain't going to be wor worried about the devil attacking. 
I was like, holy cow, it was hot. So we, we go in, we check in, get dinner, we're back in a motel room, and it's 9 o'clock, 9.30, it's starting to get dark outside. It's like, all right, oh, finally it's cooled down, let's go swimming in the pool. And we open the door and the same thing happens. Yeah, it cooled down three degrees. Yeah, it's from 115 to 112. It's like, whoo, yeah. So anyhow, we spent that night in the motel, got up the next morning, went and talked to the uh, lady we talked to before, and she was a real estate broker and had many properties under us. Long story short on that is that afternoon we were moving into our apartment. My wife had a job as the manager of that apartment complex, and then later on I got hired on as maintenance for that, for that complex. And I was just like, wow, God really does take care of you, amen, when you follow and do what he's called you to do. So amazing, so many times. And, and there's so many, more, so many more stories that I could tell you. But even right now, we're, we're in one of these times of stepping out in faith. And I know some of you know about that, have helped us in that immensely uh, and blessed us through that. Um, we, on February 2nd, 2020, this year, uh, we found out that the church down in Kingman, Arizona, it's a four-square church, I'm a four-square pastor, um, was open. And uh, we'd found, actually, we'd found out about it July of the year before, though, of last year. And a friend of ours going to the church down there, she tells us about it, and it's like, no, I really don't want to move back to Arizona. <laughs> We've been through Kingman and all that, and it, trust me, it's not Phoenix. It's not near as hot. But uh, we just didn't have any kind of stirring or, or inclination or a desire to go. But for some reason, that Sunday morning, my wife was messaging with Diana, and she said, oh, by the way, the church, or my wife asked, well, is the church still open? She goes, as a matter of fact, it is. We had a pastor that was supposed to take it, went through the process, was appointed to the position, and backed out. And we're like, wow. And just something at that moment just welled up inside of us. That's where we're supposed to go. So we're like, okay, God, we're going to pray about this. And it just, you know, as we always do, we don't just, you know, leap and, and run and go. We prayed and we sought the Lord and, and put in a, a resume. And the whole time we're praying, okay, God, if this is not what you want, just close the door. We don't want to go anywhere that you don't want us to go. We were happy in Emmett. Emmett's been our home. It's sort of like we've had a string here, even though I tried to cut that off. It was like we go and we come back, and then we go and we come back. So we left here. We went down to Phoenix and went to college, and it was in Cottonwood. We were down in Arizona for a total of nine years. We come back to Emmett, and then we went over to Blackfoot for seven years, and now we're back in Emmett. It's like it just keeps going back and forth. But anyhow, God has blessed us. We love Emmett. Uh, we have family here, and we have family here right so the opportunity uh, showed so we we send in the resume and then COVID hit I know it hasn't affected anybody else but it did affect us <laughs> sorry no I, I know it has 
So still feeling the call, we put our home up for sale. And we've known Sandy for a lot of years. And we call Sandy, and she's like, yeah, we can do this. and don't know how it's going to go. And she explained, you know, that all the rules and everything else for showing a home and all that kind of stuff. And we're just like, okay, well, we're going to trust God. And we were finishing up some remodels and painting and stuff like that. So we put up our home, and it, the second person that came and viewed the house put in a cash offer a cash offer and see now you give you a little bit more depth to that story is it either had to be va or a cash offer because we had a have a had a manufactured home that had been moved more than once most lenders won't touch it but va would and well of course cash will <laughs> so we so it sells for cash in the middle of a pandemic we're like okay god we're trusting you but COVID held on, and it held on, and it held on, and it held on. Do you know what I'm saying, right? And it's still holding on. And we're just like, okay, Lord, did I mention COVID hit? We're like, okay, Lord, we're trusting you. Our house sold. We said, if it's going to sell, we're trusting you. It's just another sign or confirmation that, that we're supposed to go. So all that to say is the 18th of this next month, we're going down to Kingman to speak and to meet the church and to, to be able to, to hopefully be appointed as pastors down in Kingman. So pray for us. Amen. Please pray for us. We're, we're trusting God and, and just doing, doing an, uh, just blown away by his his uh, uh, faithfulness. But now I want to ask you, what are you believing God for? And I go, oh, well, we're, well, I'm good. We're, we're okay. No, what are you stepping out in faith for? See, I was here and I heard, I heard all the prayer requests, right? You don't go to God for a prayer request and put that out there and go, yeah, you know, I just throw it out there, but I don't really think he's going to do anything, right? No, you're stepping out in faith, trusting that he's going to answer those prayers. Amen? Maybe it's a mountain, like we sang. He can move the mountains. Amen? Through all this, through COVID, through everything else, man, he's moved mountains for us and he is not a respecter of persons he'll do the same for each and every one of us okay maybe maybe it's your finances maybe it's a car or a house or maybe maybe it's your health or maybe you're praying maybe you're praying for a baby i heard a prayer request earlier i think it was amanda somebody who has held on is 34 weeks and and she's going to have a baby and it's going to be okay maybe you're praying for a baby or a grandbaby, or whatever that may be. Maybe God is calling you into ministry, and you've just been like I was, and just scared to death and nervous about thinking, okay, I'm going to step out and trust God and, and do what he's called me to do. I don't know where you're at, but I know that each of us goes through things, and we're always, always trusting God with something. Amen? Let me encourage you. God is faithful. Always, always faithful. Pastor Gary said it early. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, 
today and most of the time, right? What? What? You mean I got that wrong? Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and, and sometimes. No, always. Always. See, I like to do that to make sure you're paying attention. Make sure you're awake. But he's the same always. He never changes. He's always faithful. He's not a respecter of persons. Yeah, he loves us, and he's blessed us. But he loves you, and he's blessing you. Whether you're seeing it right now or not, maybe it's sometime in the near future. Maybe maybe it's a time of waiting, and, and it's sometime down the road. But God has a blessing for you, and he's working out the details. Amen. So I want to, as, as I close the service, as I end here, I, says, I want to leave you with, with just a couple of encouraging scriptures, some promises that God has given us. Matthew 28 and 20 says, this is Jesus speaking, he says, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Deuteronomy 31, 8 says, Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord will personally go ahead of you. He will be with you. He will neither, never, uh, he will neither fail you nor abandon you. And Philippians 4, 19 says, And this same God who takes care of me, Paul was writing, says, will supply all your needs from his glorious riches, which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. In other words, what he has, not what you have. Just like when we paid our tithe, it wasn't much. But he blessed us from what he had, what he had in store, what he had in reserve for us. Amen. And in Jeremiah 29, 11, I mean, I bet most of you can quote it. But it says, for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster. They are to give you a hope and a future. So it doesn't matter what you're going through, what you're facing, or what you're praying for, or what you're stepping out in, in, in faith for. God is there, and he wants to bless you. Amen? Can we pray? Father, again, we just thank you and we praise you that your word is absolute truth. And we can stand on it and know that, God, these promises that you've given, this just a, just a couple of them. God, there are so many. We could go on for days reading about the promises that you've given to your kids, to us. God, we thank you and praise you, God, that you have set our future and you know our future you know the plans that you have for us lord and we look forward to every bit that you have god i just lift up each and every one that's here and as pastor gary said lord i know there's there's many that aren't whether it's from sickness or, or whatever it is lord we just lift each and every one up lord we ask your blessings upon them lord god we trust we have faith god we absolutely know that you have us in your hands, that you're lifting us, you're encouraging us, you're strengthening us, God, and you're blessing us far more than we could ever hope or ask or dream and truly deserve. We thank you and praise you. We bless you in Jesus' precious name. And all God's people said, 
Amen, amen. Thank you so much for allowing me to come out here and share. I hope, like I said, it's, it's big shoes to fill. Not that he's got big feet. <laughs> but to follow in or, or fill a, a pulpit of such an amazing good. pastor. Oh, good. You too, God. I love you. Good stuff. All good stuff.